Good morning, good morning, good morning. Uh, just pulling up palms. Welcome to a very special edition of the BBO show. This is a reshoot of episode 31. We shot um, episode 31 quite happily going live last Tuesday, um, only to find out at the end of us babbling a uh, along for an hour that all the video had been lost and we'd been talking to absolutely nobody apart from ourselves so that was great um so we decided to use this beautiful bank holiday morning uh monday to to reshoot this uh the video so we're covering the topic that we shot on tuesday which is about content uh, for you creating your audience and we're going to go through that again today so we have a nice clean recording and there are no gaps Absolutely. So we are talking in the week of audience, how to build an audience. And if we look at it in regards to what episode we're on, we are on episode 31. So if you're watching this on YouTube or you're checking in on Facebook as part of the playlist, it will be in sync. And if you listen to this on audio as part of the audio, it will be in sync. So this will be in order, regardless of it, it's been a reshoot. It will be in order for you. If you're watching it live, you can literally switch off today because if you enjoyed it live previously, yet yeah, then it will make sense. You know, if you if you was with us live, you would have captured that information. So, off the back of that, let's start talking about today. And if you remember when we spoke about building an audience, we spoke about where it lives as part of the baton system. And the assumption is we have nailed the business part. We handled this two or three weeks ago now. How do you find an idea? How do you take your idea and verify it has a market and that there is a product market fit for that particular business so that we can you know, increase the probability of its success going forward? When we market it, will anybody even pay attention? And now we're on the second phase of the baton system, which is taking that product and showing it to an audience and via the method of content, putting that in front of an audience to hopefully grow the audience and then later down the line, sell the product to them. And what we've been speaking about this week, or if you checked in on episode 30, was there's four core components, which, you know, lay the foundation for audience building. And that is content, messaging, platform, time. Content, i.e. what do we produce? Messaging, i.e. how do we say what we want to say? How do we show up? Platform, the big mysterious question, what platform do I select? Is it TikTok? Is it Instagram? Is it Twitter? Is it YouTube? Do I just have a website? What do I do there? And we'll be covering that later in the week. And we are reshooting this, so we actually have covered that later in the week. And finally, it is consistency and time. How do we match those two items together so that we continue to produce this content in order to build our audience? And that's the key. So, Carl, over to you to talk about what we're covering today in some bit more depth. Sure. Today, Tuesday, is about content. It's the what we are putting out into the world in order to show our value as a business. As Harms has just said, if you did go through the business week, you know that all businesses, all good businesses are based on producing value for a market. And one of the best ways to do this, which we discussed again in the business week, is by solving people's problems. If we can find people who have a problem, we go in with a solution and help them get the result they want. We have the basis of an extremely powerful and sustainable business. We're going to be continuing that pretty much through the week with our audience as well. We start from the same, the same place of problem solving. We are helping people in the market. Um, and to 
today we're going to be talking about the content. What what is it? What content are we putting out there which shows people what value we have as as a business and why they should be listening to us? Mm, absolutely. And the core message here then I guess is just as business within the audience section we want to create value for the market. That's essential. Now, how do we create value for the market? Well, essentially, we need to solve the market's problem. How do we solve the market's problem? Well, ultimately, they need or want something. Your customer or the market needs and wants something. And it's your job, therefore, to provide the solution. And then the customer will get the results. And that's that's it in simple terms. It's no more complex than that. So your product or service, if you think about in terms of how do we uh, produce value a product and a service and we also mentioned subscription in the business week is one way to solve someone's problem and once we get them and sell them the product service or subscription and we exchange value for money ultimately the business can then start to make profit if your numbers are correct and then we can start operating like a business so if you're thinking at this stage look guys i understood what you said we're producing content but right now we may not be generating any sales that's correct because when it's time to generate sales things become a lot easier for many reasons that we discussed yesterday on on Monday's uh, BBO show so that's important to remember so, so the next question then is you know who are they you know you're you're talking about them you're talking about they have a problem who are they and essentially who's the market Kyle sure so again we worked this out during the week where we talked about business you should by the end of your business week have to find a market have to find a basic demographic and a customer avatar we've covered this before my uh, tendency is to want to stop here and again redefine who it is we're talking to because this is so 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 important if you nail this everything else is easy well mm. much easier um but we're not gonna we're not gonna slow down and stop here we're gonna assume that you've already covered that in the business section if you have not uh, definitely go back and check that out because if you can work out what value you're creating and who you're creating it for who your market is you're already light years ahead of your competition what you should have coming into this week is your market's basic problem statement what problem is it they're trying to solve if you have that statement you're in a very good position to start beginning your content production absolutely so i pulled this diagram from the business week and as you can see we've highlighted b as part of baton uh, marketing business system here and I help who do what and after that entire week if you was left with a simple statement like this you are ahead of the game uh, most, that's most businesses don't have that or they'll have a long list oh I help a and b and c and d to do x and y and z and alpha and beta like they go all over the place um, we want you to have a very defined very focused problem statement uh, how you're helping a certain group of people to do a certain thing um, and if you can nail that down you're you're in a really good position mm, absolutely and if somebody wants to hit us with a counter and say yeah but what if i want to or can do those things well absolutely but that happens in the network stage of the baton system which is where we scale where we know we've got something that works and then we can scale we can reinvest profits to get to new people in different markets or new people within the same market so all right, let's press a pause there. At this stage, all we need to have is the problem statement, which is if you if you haven't got it, you've got feel free to watch this week so you understand what comes after business. But if you're still unsure what that is, number one, watch the business week. 
that covers this in complete detail. Number two, come join us in the Slack group that is in the description below. And that way we can maybe help fast track that or pull some key core extracts, or you may have done the business week and are still unsure on exactly what your problem statement is. That's the best place to have that conversation with us. So the next thing to just understand is when we ask the question, what content to produce, what do we produce? Because the whole idea of today is to take the guesswork out of this. The next philosophy that we want to get across is remember that the audience slash the market has a problem. So what is the best way in which to solve their problem? Um, and Carl, what's, if, if I, you know, I just define the headline there, what's the best way? And then maybe I can quickly talk about one of the common objections we get. Sure. So the best way is basically to solve their problems. The best way is to educate. Um, and a lot of people do not do this. When they create content, they tend to talk about themselves a lot. Instead, we are focusing on the problems that our customers have, the problems that our market has, and we are talking to them, and we're educating them about how they can get rid of these problems, how they can push through. Yeah, absolutely. So think about answering their question. So one of the core ways in which to educate them is answer their question. Again, we've covered all of this, but we're just highlighting it as part of a snapshot here. So where we very much spoke about this topic in detail is in the ebook publishing week. And the ebook publishing week was very much how do we build the first component of our value ladder? And that's as much as I'm going to say there, otherwise I'll dive too deep into it. And we very much focused in detail on the idea of educating and answering the audience's question first. It's extremely powerful. But the common objection we get is I'm not a teacher. I don't want to go to school uh, with a bunch of school children and answer their questions. That's not what I signed up for business. I signed up for business because I've got a passionate project, an idea, or I want to make lots of money. All of those are fine. But we have to remember that we're not, we're not educating in the sense that we're going to be a school teacher. We're educating in the sense that by answering and solving our market or our potential customers' problems, our audience's problem, we build trust, we build authenticity with them, we build authority with them, and we become the go-to person so that later down the line, when we have our core product or service to sell, which is 5,000, 2,000, 3,000, 10,000 pound, whatever it is, the sale becomes a lot easier because the entry point of discovery for your customer to you was made so much easier because you started to answer their fundamental questions earlier. So think about it as educating your customer on who you are, what you produce, but by but not by saying, I am this, I am that, by instead answering their question and getting to the, the root of their core problem very, very early. So that's that's how we want to flip it on its head. Yeah, I think if when we talk about education, when we talk about teaching, if that still rubs against like what you think of yourself, if you don't want to think of yourself as a teacher, that's fine. Use the word expert instead. Um, you are an expert telling people about your particular business niche, telling people about your expertise. Um, we're going to use educate and teacher because that's much simpler, but you can switch this in for expert if you want. You are a business mm -hmm. expert and you tell people about your expertise. That's all. Nice and simple. Absolutely. Now let's move on to the core of today's show, which is how do we remove all of the guesswork out of what that question, what content do we produce? Because when people typically think of what content do we produce, 
<laughs> there's some sirens in the background uh that's that's all good because normally there's a lawnmower in my background which is which is uh distracting it's, us it's central london versus outside of london <laughs> yeah a lawnmower I, get, I get the police cars <laughs> exactly so the way we take the guesswork out of what content do we produce because typically when somebody thinks about producing content the first thing they think about is firstly what do they what do my audience want to hear and then the next default question is oh what do i think is the hot subject right now what do i think is the common trend what do i think people want to hear i think so, people tend to go to that before the first one you just said what yes. do my customers want to hear that's the thing they don't ask. Generally, people start here. Um, they're like, oh, what could I do? Oh, I could do a funny video about this. Or I could do, you know, I've always wanted to do a video um, about this or write a blog about this. And they'll start here, uh, mm -hmm. which is not necessarily the right thing to do in this case. And when Carl says here, what he means is they start with me. Me, yep. me, me. What do I want to say? What do I want to say? What do I want to show? What do I want to get across? And we want to flip that and say, none of that is actually relevant, but we want to show you why and how that's not relevant because we have a mechanism and a process in which you can go through in order to remove all of the guesswork and put the focus on them, the audience and their problems. Remember, we've just spent 15 minutes or so discussing, we need to solve the market's problem. And the way we do that is not by talking about ourselves, but by helping them. Big mindset shift but we have a process in order to validate that, but also make it extremely easy for you going forward. So the way we do that is by identifying keyword and key phrases. So Carl, I open the door just to you to, to expand on what we mean by that and why that's important. You need to be careful opening the door here because we are going into the realm of the technical. So I can get overexcited and start talking about this for hours and hours and hours. So if I do, stop me. We're going to be diving into the world of SEO. This is probably one of the first times we've used an acronym on the BBO show. Although BBO is an acronym for building businesses <laughs> online, but we'll ignore that. Um, SEO, you've probably heard this as a catchphrase. Maybe you've talked to digital marketers and they tell you you need to do SEO. Um, you, you've probably heard this if you're a business owner, but you don't necessarily know what it is. SEO stands for Search Engine Optimization. Um, what that means in real terms it is the art and the science of getting to the top of Google so that when somebody searches on Google, your business or your website is going to appear at the top of Google. That's kind of all SEO is. You are changing your website, you're changing your content so that Google can read it and Google knows what value you have and then Google will then go and show it to other people. That's basically what SEO is. People make it very technical and very complicated, but in essence, that's it. Um, so being at the top of Google is very important for your business, but it's not what we're actually going to be focusing on right now. Um, SEO requires you to have a website and what we're talking about, the content strategies in the audience section do not require a website. You don't need a website. If you have one, great. If you do not have one, fantastic. We're going to be using other platforms to publish our content. The reason we're talking about SEO is because we need to extract these, I'm calling them magic. We need to get these keywords and these key phrases out of Google because Google has all of this information about what it is that people, human beings, your potential customers are looking for online. Google has yes. this information and we're going to extract it for our needs.
Yeah. So why are we talking about SEO and why did we open that technical door? Because SEO has been spoken about for many, many years. It was like the go-to um, acronym, the go-to jargon piece for digital marketers. Yeah, you need SEO. And it's always expanded from that point now. So why are we talking about SEO? Because essentially, you know, in a nutshell, imagine someone sitting at home and they get their smartphone, their mobile phone, or they've got their laptop or whatever, and they're sitting on their couch and they have a problem to solve. Now we will loop back. Let, let, let me just dive into the example. They have a problem to solve. And remember the case study we're talking about this week, which is yoga with Adrian. Now with yoga with Adrian and the particular customer, let's assume the customer types into their smartphone, can yoga help me with my lower back pain? Okay. Or they may type in, does yoga, is there a yoga routine that helps me with mid back pain or upper back pain? So you get the idea here. So imagine that somebody at home is typing a problem into their phone and into their phone, they're typically typing their problem into Google. That is, com that is the most common area where they type their phone into, um, their problem into, because what then Google does is starts to show them, and this is where SEO comes in areas in the internet or what people have produced which can help answer their question that's the important thing here solve their problem answer their question so it'll bring up some articles it may bring up products it may bring up youtube videos it may bring up reference to certain experts who can help answer that question and that's what google does now what google also does is allows us i.e marketers and business owners to access that information and it's incredibly powerful so think of it as seo gives us the language in which people search for their problems online and that's very powerful so you have direct contact with somebody's problems and they could be sitting at a couch they could be sitting in their office they could be on holiday wherever they are in the world the moment they type a question into here it gets the data gets pulled by Google and that data then becomes available to us. Why is that data important? Because it is, it completely demystifies what content we need to produce. So if you think about what everything we spoke about so far, when we're talking about solving the market's problem, what greater problem to solve than the actual question they're asking? Extremely powerful leverage we have here now, thanks to Google and the data it pulls. Uh, is that a good, is that a good explanation, Kyle? Absolutely. So we, as a business, we have a solution. We have a solution to a problem. The person sitting at home or on their telephone has a problem. Google acts as the bridge in between. And the way they find us is through language. Mm. Um, and we don't really think about this much, but the way we interface with the internet is language. We're not using, for example, emotions to talk to the internet. Maybe in a sci-fi book, yes, absolutely, we'd be using emotions to access information. But no, we use language. We use words to connect to the internet and talk to it and find what we're looking for. So Google is acting as the bridge between us and our customer. We need to know what these words are that allow people to find us through Google. And if we know those words, if we know the language being used, we're able to become more visible. Absolutely. Now, today we're focusing on Google because it's the powerhouse. It's It helps identify those words, which gives us a head start. But this also plays out in social media, Facebook, um, via hashtags, or you can put something into the search bar on Facebook 
Amazon via ebooks. So you can help, you can extract people's problems by finding out categories and ebooks. And we actually dive deep into that to help you find your market. When we did the ebook week, how to launch and publish your ebook as part of your business funnel. So we cover that there. You've got it in podcasts or iTunes is really good for this. Spotify is now expanding here. Video, YouTube. So that's another place that people typically type in their problems and also can find solutions for their problems. And there's lots of other platforms. Twitter, for example, very, very powerful in order to find problems via hashtags or topics of discussion via hashtag. But we are focused on Google because Google really makes things easy and it's got a data store for us to extract. Now, Carl, I started talking about yoga with Adrian, mm. but do you want to briefly mention why that's a good example at this stage because they didn't use guesswork either sure so we've been, we're using yoga with adrian this week as an example because there was a, a guardian article guardian is a newspaper in the uk um, and they did an article about yoga with adrian where they actually talked about how did you build up to become what's it the queen of quarantine quarantine i think she's called now she's done very well during the corona outbreak um so there was an interview with adrian to talk about how she started seven years ago and how she built up to where she is today, which is making around $180,000 per month on YouTube, doing very well. And Yoga uh, yoga with Adrian or Adrian, Adrian Mischler talks about they had a plan at the beginning. They didn't just sh start shooting random yoga videos. They didn't just shoot what she fancied shooting that particular day. Instead, they had a plan in place right at the beginning, which was based about uh, based around what people were actually looking for online. So Harms mentioned yoga for back pain, for example. Adrian knew that people were searching yoga for back pain, yoga for lower back pain, yoga for mid back pain, yoga for upper back pain, um, yoga for service industry staff who are on their feet all day, yoga for nurses. Like there were very specific niches. So instead of just doing yoga as a wide topic, um, instead, Adrian did very specific videos for very specific needs. And as a result of that, she was able to be become more visible to the people who had that particular problem. She was able to solve that particular problem and grow her channel exponentially much faster than her competitors. Absolutely. So what is the process in order for us to replicate what Yoga with Adrian did, but for our business niche, for our idea, for our marketplace, for the audience and their problems within our marketplace. Okay, so now let's talk about the process in identifying exactly what content to produce. So now you just wanna write a title, it says process, underline that. Now, within this process, we're very much focusing on two things and the two things are based on identifying keywords and if you remember that is identifying what language what words people are using into google they're typing it into google they're speaking it into google however they're doing it and google then logs this now how do we find and extract that data that we will be sharing as part of this process in order for you to speak into that space and in order for you to speak to them directly based on those problems so the basic shape of the process is this We've got two core things that we want to cover. Number one is what happens first, and that is the gathering stage. And what we want to do here is collect as many keyword and keyword phrases related to your niche as possible. So that's the gathering. Just think of that as I want to gather as many as possible. I'm not 
I'm not being, um, I'm not trying to categorize things yet. I'm not trying to work out what's what. I'm just trying to, I just try to scoop up as many problems as I can within our niche as best as possible. So that's the key. So that's first is gathering. Then second is now we've got this big pot of problems and we've scooped up as many as possible. It's maybe a bit of a mess. There's maybe too much in front of us. The next thing we want to do is now filter these keywords down. We want to narrow the narrow down this list of key phrases based on three metrics, which we'll describe to you later to identify the best words or phrases to start talking to first. And this will all make sense as we go through the process. So what will you be left with as an end result? Ideally, we want a list of key phrases within a document, an Excel spreadsheet or a Google sheet or something similar where they are ranked from most important to least important, highest impact, lowest impact. And then we can just start working down the list. So that's what you'll have as an end result by following and working through this process. And what is that list? Why is it important? Well, essentially it gives us a list of things to talk about and things to create content about. And this is all data driven and we remove the guesswork from it. So it's extremely powerful. So those are the two things, gathering and filtering. So Kyle, over to you to start introducing the topic and, and just diving into actually the gathering part of things. Sure. So I like to think of this like panning for gold. Um, you go to the river, you have your pan, which is basically wooden frame with a very fine mesh. You pour in a load of dirt from the bottom of the river, dirt, sand, bits of rock, etc. And then you shake it. And what you're left with is gold. Well, hopefully, if you're looking in the right place. A couple um, of nuggets. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and all of these sludge filters out. So if when we go to Google, we can get a huge amount of data, just an obscene amount of data, probably the most data you can get out of any company on the planet. Google makes all of this uh, accessible to us. So we will gather up what we need first, and then we're going to filter it. Otherwise, we will be overwhelmed with the amount of information we are given. So let's first talk about gathering, um, and then we'll talk about how we filter. So first up for gathering, I'm going to give you four different options. Now, there are hundreds of tools out there for finding keywords and key phrases on Google. We're just going to give you a few to start. They're all quite similar, um, but they come at different price points with different functionality, etc. These are ones that we use uh, and are quite accessible for you to start using, because right now you don't need to go that deep. We just need a basic list. So the first tool, and really the best tool, is actually using Google's own tool called Google AdWords. This is like tapping directly into the source of Google's data. We can ask Google what, what are people searching for already, and Google displays all of that information for us. So keeping on your analogy, sorry, I'm just jumping in. Mm. That is like diving to the bottom of the lake, the river, the ocean, and just sort of swimming at the base of the ocean on the seabed. That's that's what we, this is equivalent to based on your example. If we're looking for gold, a river, but yeah. <laughs> a river. So yeah, yeah. so we're diving to the base of the river and we're, we're not, we haven't got any sieve. We haven't got any, we're just diving straight into there and we've got our goggles on. We're just looking on the seabed floor at this data. That would be just trying to s stick to your uh, example there. Sure. I, I really like that one. Yeah. Um, so there's gold down there for sure, but finding it's really hard because of the sheer amount of information, the sheer amount of water in this particular example, in this metaphor. Um, uh, so Google AdWords is free. 
um, it can be it can be accessed accessed that's the word mm. by anybody out there uh, because Google want to encourage people to access information because that's how you then get into advertising with Google which is where they make all of their money um, about ninety percent of their money comes from that so um, what we can do is we can basically plug in keywords and key phrases directly into Google AdWords. This is the name of the free tool. And it will give us a list of, okay, these are related keywords and key phrases. This is how many people are searching for it. This is the competition you will have. Um, this is how much you would pay if you were advertising. It would just give you a mass of information, um, but it's too much for right now. It's a free tool. So it's great to have a poke around with. However, the learning curve is very steep. It can take months, if not years, to really get to grips with how Google AdWords works. Um, and you as a business owner, you need to be focusing on different things right now. So I do recommend having a look at it, um, but there are easier tools. There are easier ways to access the information, which we'll be talking about now. Mm, so, so just as part of this first message, Look, you're a business owner, you're busy. It's really cool just to be aware of the tools at this stage. But if you your focus should be ideally on the content creation. So once you understand this process, you now are able to work with people who can actually do this work for you. So when it comes to talking about AdWords and you want to extract data from there, regarding this particular tool that Carla's mentioned, our suggestion would be go to somewhere like fiverr.com, hire someone who's a AdWords specialist or keyword research specialist and just go to the gigs and the, the category should be reference keyword research and they will use a tool like this or some of the ones we're going to share in a moment in order for them who have who spent years mastering the tool or months or weeks mastering the tool and they can then do the work for you for a small fee. It's going to save you a hell of a lot of time and it's going to save you the time spent on that steep learning curve because Yes, this is where the data is, but remember the money is in actually producing the content. That's the stage we want to get to. So I just wanted to mention that, Kyle. What's the second option that, that they can use, which doesn't necessarily doesn't maybe have a steep of learning curve and is accessible to most of us? Sure. So the second option is a tool called Ubersuggest. I'm actually gonna hide you for a bit and pull it up for a second. The reason I want to show Ubersuggest is it's very similar to a lot of the other tools out there. Um Basically, there are bits of software and websites that are built upon the data that Google AdWords gives us, but they filter and sort and make it a bit more easy for us to access the information. Um, so they're doing a bit of a legwork for us. As a result of this, we normally have to pay for them or we have to sign up or there'll be some kind of catch. But again, for basic research, you can use the free version of most of these tools and get away with it. I'm going to show you Ubersuggest. Um, and then we're going to talk about two other ones which are similar. Um, but once you've seen Ubersuggest, you'll kind of get what these tools do. Um, and you'll be able to take that learning and go to the other tools. And we'll give you a list of them at the end. So, for example, this is Ubersuggest. Um, it is called Ubersuggest, although Neil Patel, who created it, has now branded it Neil Patel, which is interesting. Um, <laughs> so what I'm going to do is I'm going to put in back pain yoga. Search. So that's my seed niche uh, we talked about in the business week coming up with a term for what your business is about. What is your business niche? Um, let's say mine is yoga. I might start a search for something like back pain yoga based on what we've talked about with Yoga with Adrian. But this is mainly just to give you an example. 
um, and you can see it's starting to give me keyword ideas. And this is the really important stuff here. Um, it's not only given me ideas, it's telling me how many people search for this particular term on Google each and every month. So you can see uh, lower back pain from yoga. This is so yoga causing back pain. That's something you could talk about if you are a yoga instructor. Uh, back pain in yoga, back pain from yoga, yoga for back pain. 9,900 people in the United States are searching for this per month. So that's quite a lot of people. Um, this also gives me a difficulty ranking. That's what this is. So something like back pain yoga has a much higher difficulty than lower back pain yoga, which is more specific. So I can actually click on keyword ideas here on the left and Uber suggests will give me a great big long list of different keywords and key phrases that I can discuss. And each of these, you can see there's a lot of them here, uh, lower back pain, yoga stretches, yoga exercise for back pain, lower back pain, oh, mid back pain yoga, you see has far fewer searches, only 390 instead of 9,000. Uh, back pain yoga with Adrian, there she is. <laughs> yoga with Adrian back pain. Each of these could potentially be a topic that I talk about. Each of these is the seed of a piece of content. Um, that I can produce because I'm an expert in this particular area. So I'm going to bring back harms. I just wanted to show you roughly what the tool looks like. Where is he? There you go. So, uh, so that's fantastic because think of that now as you've you've told somebody or you've got this automated robot that dives into the bottom of the sea. It pulls up the dirt. And by the time you've you, you've left them to it, you've left the robot to it. By the time you've come back to the beach or the the riverbed after having your cup of coffee and breakfast, the robot has laid out the golden nuggets and maybe bits of dirt in order of quality. Okay, and that's essentially what what this keyword research tool does. And then you're looking at this laid out. Uh, bed of gold and dirt and you say okay i like that i'll take that i'll take that i'll take that i'll take that that's essentially what's happening here staying on the analogy um that's ex that's essentially what these tools do they go into the data that google has that they present free to the world they attach this tool on it and this tool allows them to extract information which is so much more easier to manage to deal with to understand and the fact that they can order it saves us so much time uh, because not everybody has that technical skill set in order to go into the Google AdWords data and then columnize it and then start to self-rank those items based on certain criteria. These tools do that for you. I think importantly it allows us to answer questions with data. So if we were sitting and we were thinking, okay, we're going to make some yoga about back pain videos. Should we make them about lower back pain, middle back pain, or upper back pain? without any information, we'll just be basing this on anecdote. Like, oh yeah, I know a lot of people who have lower back pain. Um, it's probably more useful for them. Or, oh, my friend Mary, she she has upper back pain. I think that would be a really yeah. good thing for a video. This is how most businesses do their content. Like, I think we should do this. Or, oh, I heard this is the best way to do it. Instead, Google is saying, no, nah, you should do it this way because 10,000 people are searching for lower back pain. 400 people are searching for middle back pain yoga. So it, 
it's light and day, night and day. You should go for lower back pain if you want to produce yoga videos. You can do this with any niche, with any particular question. You have the raw data telling you what the answer is. Exactly, a game changer. So third option as part of these different ways to gather information is a very similar tool to Uber Suggest. It's called keywordtool.io. Yep. It's similar, but different in regards to the results that it filters. So it will have its own nuances with it. But what's really cool about it in particular is it can pull keywords from different sources. And I've got a list here, which is uh, different platforms such as YouTube, eBay, Instagram, Twitter. And that's different. Whereas Uber Suggest is maybe pulling it from the Google data, Google AdWords, keywordtool.io is pulling it from various platforms, which is really powerful, but it will come with a price tag as well. So yeah, I'm looking at it now. It's Google, YouTube, Bing, which is uh, Microsoft search engine. People What's forget that? about that one. <laughs> yeah. You know, they spent millions and millions coming up with the name Bing and because they wanted something that people weren't going to take the piss out of or compare it to Google. The moment they released it, somebody realized it's an acronym of, but it's not Google, Bing. Wow. <laughs> There's so much money trying to proof it from being laughed at and the internet beat them like boom. But oh, but it's not Google, Bing. Um, so they've got <laughs> keywordtool.io has Google, YouTube, Bing, Amazon, eBay, the Play Store, um, Instagram, and Twitter. So you can search for keywords on all of those platforms, which is a really cool way of finding keywords that um, are used in different places. That will become into play a lot more when we talk about platforms later. Uh, but right now, we're just trying to find out how people talk to the internet in order to solve their problems. That's all we need at the moment. And remember, it's just a gathering phase. So we're not looking at anything in particular. We're not pulling out, oh, I want to do that phrase yet. It's just a gathering. So Carl, what's one of our favorites? It's the fourth, and then I'll I'll finish off with maybe a few variations uh, as uh, but the fourth and final one is one of our favorites, right? Sure. Um, it's a tool called Answer the Public. We have talked about it on uh, videos before because we really like it. So the great thing about Answer the Public is it goes through the Google data and it pulls out specific questions. There are lots of people who go on to Google and they actually ask direct questions like, how do I cure lower back pain using Google? They either type out the full question or... Um, or kind of a truncated version like uh, lower back, how to fix lower back pain, yoga, etc. We're looking for people's problems, remember. So Answer the Public helps us by giving us the direct questions that people are asking. Um, so the way it does it is basically just adds what, how, when, why, and where to the search engine uh, query. And then it pulls all of the different what questions, all of the different how questions, all of the different when questions related to our topic area. And that gives us this treasure trove of actual questions. Yeah, because when some clients, we're working with some clients and we and maybe we present some keywords and, and, and some ways they can use the keywords. One of the common questions is because again, look, we appreciate business owners don't necessarily understand the nuances of how should we produce content and what should we talk about? One of those nuances is what is the modifier? Is it a what question? Is it a how question? Is it a when question? Is it a why? Is it a where? Is it a who? Like these are modifiers. And, and what I love about answer the public is it lays this out as, as a literally a sentence in which we can just answer the question from that sentence. So it's extremely powerful. Now that was the fourth and final one, but there are many keyword tools um, research tools and softwares and web softwares out there to help you achieve 
this goal and some big ones which we didn't include in the list because they come with a, uh, an expensive price tag is SEM Rush very expensive about 200 a month i think there we go so we don't necessarily need to do that they're great for agencies they're great for larger companies they're great for publishers and whoever else will find this data useful there is a free trial though (laughs) there is a free trial if you just need to do something quickly and then cancel the trial um then you can get access to a very very powerful tool Mm. um so so you could i mean we always suggest do that with do that with everything and um, because your business may have the budget you may be sitting here thinking i've got a team of people who are ready to produce content we just don't know what to, what content to produce so sem rush uh arefs spy fu or spy foo spy foo spy foo <laughs> not spy fu spy <laughs> fu uh, spy foo yeah like kung spy fu foo. like tofu spy foo i wonder if they named it based on tofu okay no, so it's like kung fu uh, because so spy ah. food in particular is i think the the image is a ninja yeah um because it's about competitor research you actually plug in your competitor's website spy food will pull all of the keywords that they are ranking for so you can use that in your uh in your content strategy that's a bit more advanced but it's a very useful tool as well absolutely and with all of this look you don't need to go crazy. Remember what the purpose of this is for. We, we want to extract um, a handful, 10, 20, 30, and we'll explain this in the next phase, keywords or phrases that are essentially people's problems that we can talk into. That's the starting point. So yes, some people get really excited with this. They might want a deep dive, but we're not doing this for the purpose of creating a full SEO plan. We're not developing a blog. We're not developing something over a 12, two year period that we want to start driving lots of traffic to. That's not the purpose of this. We want to just talk directly to our customers who are sitting at home typing problems on a sofa. And that's the key here. That's who we want to, that's the ability for us that we want to access. We're not bothered right now about ranking number one on Google. That's not the purpose. Remember the purpose is to find out data driven problems that our market niche has. That's important. And in theory, to be honest, we can stop here. You know, if, if, if we're, if we were just having a brief conversation, we can stop here because you're already way ahead of the research that others do. Remember, most people don't approach it this way. Most people approach it internally, i.e. What do I want to talk about? What do I think the audience should hear? And they, you know, they, they approach it from the me, not the them. And that's, that's a big difference here. So you're already way ahead of the crowd, but let's now cover the second part of really refining this list and getting this list down. And that is the filtering process, filtering that data in order for us to have a list that we can go to and start producing content from. So Kyle, how, what's the first or what's the first approach when we're filtering this list down? Because we've essentially got lots of bits of data now. Sure. So because we've used multiple tools, we have multiple lists um, sitting in Excel files or however you've saved them from these tools. Um, Again, if you have just got a list from Ubersuggest and you're happy with it and you're ready to get started, fantastic. Just get started. You can start to produce content. If you do want to go a bit further, though, you can take all of these different lists from all of these different tools and pull them together. And then we'll start to filter it down and find out the actual best uh, keywords and key phrases to go uh, to use so that of the, let's say, a thousand words you've thrown, uh, you've managed to gather it together. You can find the top 10 or the top 20 or the top 30 that you should be talking about 
Um, and because we've gone from this very large group to a much smaller group, we can make sure the quality is very high. So we're going to show you how to filter down um, and the process that we use. And, and the way we actually do this is we're now looping back and we'll be using the Google AdWords tool. But rather than look at the data uh, raw, we're just going to be simply copying and pasting the list that we have and the keyword and key phrases we have into Google AdWords. So we're now looping back and we're using the power of that tool, but now we've got a focus list. So now we've gathered uh, keywords and key phrases from all these other places. We're now bringing it back to Google AdWords because it, it has an additional tool, uh, which Carl will explain in a moment, which makes our life a lot easier when, when ranking or ordering our list. So Carl, what, how do we want to use the AdWords tool now? So just as a reminder, because we've gone through a lot of different tools with lots of different names, Google AdWords was the first one that we just mentioned in our list of four. It's the official tool from Google. It's the one they put out there to give people access to their data. We didn't use it for the gathering phase because it's too technical. Um, there's too much information and the learning curve is too steep. However, it is good for this phase, which is filtering, because what we're doing is we're taking our list that we've gathered up, we're taking it back to the source. We're taking this curated list back to Google to say, hey, how's this list? Is this any good? Um, has my research been good? Can you tell me what the best things are? So instead of asking Google to give us 10,000 keywords um, with no particular context information, we are taking our list to Google and, and just asking them if it's okay or not. So so, what, so what's the, so two questions then. What is the process and what are we looking to get from this tool? And then we can dive into it. So the process is, uh, I mean, it's basically copy paste. I'm not going to screen share it, but maybe I can shoot an extra video on the side of this. But you basically go to AdWords. You will need an AdWords account. Now it's free to set up. I believe you do need to add a credit card now. You used to just be able to set it up without a credit card. You can, you just need a credit card to kind of verify your identity. You do not need to spend anything. It's a free tool. It's just Google use that as part of the sign up process. Mm. Um, uh, and then we once we've set up a Google AdWords account, we're going to find something called the keyword tools. Um, so a keyword planner, which is one of the tools in there. And then we just copy and paste in all of our keywords, all of our key phrases and click go. That's it. That's all the technical parts. Um, we are going to look at the historical data because Google has collected data since God, 2005, I think it is, um, on all of these search terms. And it will be able to give you an overview of how many people search for everything each month, what the kind of competition is. Um, and then we're going to we're going to tell you about a few different things that we're going to be looking for based on this data. Yeah. And essentially, the, the, the yes is looking at the historical data, but it's checking it's essentially as databases for two core things, which is search volume and competition. That's the that's the two core things, but we don't have to overly worry about that because we're going to break that down uh, and explain to you exactly what we are looking for. Yes, yep. Google's going to pump out some information, but what exactly are we looking for? And we are looking for three core things. And I, once you understand this principle, once you understand this, it's it's really cool because you can start to look at data, especially when it, when data is driven from what problems do people have in a completely different light. Uh, so it's a very powerful way of understanding three core elements in order to filter people's data down. 
So, Carl, uh, over to you for the first one. What what are we looking for? Um, what are we looking for essentially? Sure. So, um, Google will show us all of the keywords and key phrases that we've just copy pasted in. It's going to show us all the search volume that Harms just mentioned. Search volume is how many people are looking for this every single month. That's what search volume is. So a high search volume might be a million people are looking for this every month. A low search volume might be 10 people look for this every month. That's search volume. It's also going to show us competition. Is this high competition, medium competition, or low competition? We can get more information, um, but high, low, medium is fine for now. The first thing we're looking for are big topics. Um, so these will show up because they'll be the ones with really big uh, search volume, funnily enough. These will be the related terms um, that have the largest amount. And generally, the search volume is going to be orders of magnitude bigger. Um, so for back pain, for example, if you are looking for back pain yoga or back pain in Google AdWords, the big three kind of uh, buckets, the big topics that will fall out are going to be lower back pain, mid middle back pain and upper back pain and you'll see these right at the top um, as the search uh, sorry the key phrases that have the highest search volume mm, absolutely so once we identify those areas those you know and in this case we're looking for three and again it's not to overcomplicate it here but what we then have is these larger categories and we theoretically can repeat the whole process that we spoke about now within these three categories we can start to gather in lower we can start to gather data in um, mid back we can start to gather data in upper back as an example so we will have a set of keywords now or problems that people have within these three categories and that's where we can start to really narrow down and get niche down so that's essentially what we're looking for but what allows us to do is we can start to sort our content for audience members mm -hmm. within these three areas. So that's that's extremely powerful. It also gives us a great insight and indication on what are the big problems that people have? What are these big areas? And then honing down from there. So that's the first thing we want to do. We want to extract or identify or look for or spot the big topics. That's the first thing we're looking for. The second thing we now we're looking for is high impact keywords. A high impact keyword is something with high volume, and like Carl explained, high search frequency per month, but also has low competition. And low competition means not many people are helping or solving people's problem within this area. Not many people are talking about it from a business or an expert perspective. So we're looking for high impact keywords. High impact keywords are essentially things which have a high search volume, but very low competition. And that's a place to really speak to. Carl, we're essentially here, we're looking for you know, highest impact uh, from the energy that we put in. We're looking for the most bang from our buck. But what's another way to explain this? Uh, if, if it's Because these terms, uh, high volume, low competition, is, is may not be familiar to the, the listeners. Sure. So for business owners, supply and demand is the most obvious uh, parallel here. Uh, the demand is the number of people searching for a solution for this problem. If there's a million people searching how to fix my lower back pain using yoga, that's a million people out there every single month typing this into Google because they have a problem. That's a high demand. Now, if the competition is shown as low on, on Google, that means the supply of information, the supply of other businesses, of other websites, of other experts out there is is low 
there's not much of it out there. So we have a low supply and a high demand, which in business terms is somewhere we want to be. We want mm. to be the one supplying for that demand because that's where a market can be created. Mm. Absolutely. So that's that's allows us to get quite granular now. So if you think about we've got the big topics, within these big topics, we've got these high impact keywords, these high impact keywords help us identify areas where the supply and demand is disproportionate. So it's, the demand is up here, the supply is down here, if you think about a, a seesaw kind of scale, that's where we want to target. That's what that's the next stage looking for high impact keywords. Now the third and final one, really, really helps narrow down exactly what we want to speak about. And that is speaking to intent, identifying the intent of the problem. And we want to sort these phrases and keywords that we're starting to extract by the intent now. And another way to phrase intent is why exactly is someone writing this into Google? What exactly are they hoping to achieve? And that can be broken down into three areas, Kyle. What are those three areas? Sure. So the three intents that we tend to use for um, for keywords are informational intent. These are people looking for information. That's all at the moment. Then there's commercial intent. These are people who they've got the information they need and they're moving towards a purchase and they're thinking, I just need a bit more information about uh, what products are available, uh, what's the best product, this kind of thing. And then we have transactional intent, the third type, which is, all right, I'm ready to buy, buy now. Um, these are people who have got their credit cards out and they're online and they're about to make a purchase. Um, I think an example is really useful here. So let's say, let's use a niche like Bitcoin. If you give one example, I'll give another example, just just uh, then we can add a bit more layers to those three intents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Examples are really helpful here because it's otherwise a bit vague. Um, so informational intent would be, uh, how does Bitcoin work? They go to Google, they type in, I love it when I say they type in, I do this, I do a keyboard action. And when Harms uh, mimes typing, he's typing on the telephone. I'm slightly older, that might be why. <laughs> So, all right, somebody's come online, they've come to Google, they have typed in, how does Bitcoin work? That means they have an informational intent. They're looking for information only at this point. That's fine. Hmm. What if somebody then comes and types best Bitcoin service? Now, this is commercial intent. They've already learned a little bit about Bitcoin, hopefully, um, and they are now looking for the best place to buy Bitcoin or the best place to trade Bitcoin. This is commercial intent. And then finally, we have somebody who comes along and they type in buy Bitcoin. That's transactional. They are ready to buy Bitcoin um, and they're going to buy Bitcoin today. These are three different types of intent. Mm, absolutely. So uh, I love that example because it's, a, it's quite a common one. And actually, there's no doubt how does Bitcoin work? It definitely has high search volume. And that's again, that's without looking at the data, just because it's everywhere right now. Another example, which is more uh, closer to home as such in, in regards to, you know, office workers, in regards to people who are working at home, maybe, you know, during coronavirus or COVID-19, this is maybe something that's, that you're curious about. And that is, again, breaking down this topic into those three intents. Number one, somebody may be at home thinking, okay, well, I need to start working from home. Should I have a laptop or should I have a desktop? And this is quite common. So that 
falls into the informational intent. This is somebody who's going out there to seek information around the topic. Should I get a laptop or should I get a desktop? Now that's gathering information. The second intent, if you remember, is commercial intent. So what would somebody necessarily, what would somebody be doing in this in this intent? What would they be searching for? What would they be, why would they be typing that problem into Google? So what they may be typing in or what they may be looking to discover is what is the best MacBook to purchase? Now, Apple has a whole range of MacBooks. What is the best MacBook to purchase? Another one could be what is the best laptop to purchase for a specific purpose? So that's now commercial intent, i.e. they are researching in regards to what is the best item within their niche area that they've narrowed down from the informational search to now purchase. These are typically top five lists, uh, review websites, top 10 lists in this particular example. So what is the best MacBook? That is commercial intent. They're getting closer to purchasing and they're just researching in what is the right thing to purchase right now. The final one is the transactional intent. Now they're ready to buy. What would they type in here? It could literally be buy MacBook Pro 2020 17 inch. And I think they've just literally released a new one as well. So buy MacBook Pro 2020 17 inch um, or best price for MacBook Pro 2020 17 inch. Now they are in a transactional intent. When they type something in, they are ready to purchase. So those are two different examples, but hopefully gives you some idea on informational, commercial, and transactions, transactional intent. What's the next thing we need to consider here, Carl? Sure, so normally when people are doing SEO campaigns, normally when they're doing this kind of SEO research, um, they're trying to go for commercial and transactional key phrases and keywords, because that's where the money is, that's where the sale is. Um, imagine if you are top of Google for buy Bitcoin, you're making a lot of money by being at that part of Google. However, that's also where a huge amount of competition is because there's so much money to be made at this level, um, at the commercial and the transactional intent key phrases. That's not what we're doing right now. Right now, we are researching keywords and key phrases to produce content to start to solve people's problems, to warm them up um, so that they can later become a customer. So we want to focus much further down the line in the informational content. Um, which means we can focus where there's less competition. We have a higher rank of getting, I'm sorry, a higher chance of getting seen um, because of our information and helping a much larger group of people to solve their problems. Yeah, so just to give some context, um, that's a really good example from Kyle. What those, what that area or that intent is, is very much in the offer section, tribe and offer section, where we're now leveraging a tool such as Google AdWords or something like that in order to make a sale. But what, But remember, we're not there as part of the battle system. We're still building an audience. So what we want to do is talk to that audience and provide them information on why we, us, our product is the one to trust and purchase when their intent changes, when they get to commercial and transactional, why they should choose us. Now, doing it via this method, yes, there's less competition, but what it does, it opens the door to a higher search volume because you think about it logically and we can have a look at the data as well in certain niche areas but but there's going to be a greater intent for different areas of research so there's going to be what i'm saying here simply put is more people are going to be searching for information on 
Bitcoin on i.e. how does Bitcoin work versus buy Bitcoin. There's going to be less people searching for buy Bitcoin, more people searching for how does Bitcoin work. So what we want to do is win the game here because when they come to transact, it becomes a lot easier because they've spent all of this time with us. We were the person, people who gave them the information. We were the people who educated them. We were maybe face to camera and they got to know us over the time as well. Maybe by this point they're spent, they're hanging out with us. They're asking us specific questions and so on and so forth. That's where we want to get. To. We want to get to them early. Is that fair to say, Carl? Yeah, I think there's two big wins here. There is volume, as you say. So for every 10 people searching buy Bitcoin now, there's probably 100,000 searching what's Bitcoin or how does Bitcoin work? There's going to just be a, a huge amount of people at that end of the funnel um, that we can address. Um, and the second thing there, as you just said, is authority. By being the person who does educate, who does tell people how Bitcoin works, we are then going to be the ones later Later down the line, when they have commercial and transactional intent, we are going to be the ones they come to further down. So yes, this is a long game, um, but that's really what the Baton system is about. It's about creating this um, this platform where you can progress people from audience, uh, from business, audience, tribe, offer, and then network. We are progressing people instead of just jumping down their throat and trying to sell them Bitcoin. Absolutely. So the advantage for us using this mechanism, this technique is we get volume and we also get early access to customers. And that's the key. We're just getting to them right at the start when they're curious, when they're just trying to discover something new. And by being the people who help that that discovery, and this is where the teacher part comes in, you know, oh, I'm not a teacher. Well, actually, what if you can get early access to your potential customers and teach them about every the, their, their process of intent? And start to help guide them into into buying, uh, into buying and making a buying decision. Yep. But making a buying decision with you. Now this is the same across all platforms. So yes, we're looking at Google, but this is no different to social media, Amazon, podcasts, um, getting granular. Whether it's making YouTube uh, videos solving people's problem, whether it's um, having a Facebook account or Instagram account that solves people's problem or writing on a blog that helps solve people's problem. It's all essentially the same, but the idea is we're getting to these customers early and that's powerful. So by the end of this process, we've now narrowed down by working through these three core areas. One, finding out what these big topics are and allowing them to help define our categories for where these high impact keywords will now sit underneath and then finally we're now filtering for intent and all we want to focus on is getting rid of the commercial and the transactional intent and just being left with the informational intent people who are curious and they're looking for information that's where there will potentially be the highest search volume and we can get access to these customers early so that's what we're looking for so as a as an end result kyle what should we now have um, before before you answer that, what we've done very quickly is um, in order to find out what our customers are talking about, we go to Google for this data. And we do this as part of two core phrases, two core phases, sorry. Number one is gathering. Think about that, you know, in terms of the riverbed analogy here, uh, um, mining for gold as part of uh, gathering these keywords. So we're just getting all these keywords together and then the second phase is now filtering these keywords so we have an end result. Now, Carl, what is the end result that we want to be left with? 
sure. So after all of this work, after the filtering down, we should be left with a list. Uh, so Google, uh, Google sheet or an Excel sheet, whatever it is, uh, which has a list of these key phrases and a list of key topics that we do want to talk about. Um, these are going to become seed key phrases for content that we produce. Mm, absolutely. And, you know, if, if you, if you just, if you had just made your life easier as well, and I just put them into Uber suggest or answer the public, then essentially you've got a list where you can just print it off or, mm. or, or download it into a CSV or an Excel file. But remember, if you just got to that stage alone and you didn't, didn't even bother narrowing down, that's okay. You save time, but also you're again, you're just head and shoulders above the competition or people within your niche market area. You're now acting like what yoga and Adrian yoga with Adrian or Adrian and her business partner did before they started this amazing YouTube channel over a seven year period, they researched people's problems. Then they created content off the back of it. Very, very powerful. Um, so if you have just got something from Ubersuggest or KeywordTool.io, that's fine. That's a really good place to start from. That does put you ahead of 95%, 99% of the competition. If you went further and collected from multiple tools and then start to filter down, that's even better. You're going to have an even more valuable resource going forward. Think of this as the foundation of your content plan moving forward. Um, you'll know the big topic areas. Uh, you will know the high volume, low competition. So remember, we called that the high demand, low supply. This is a really good place to be operating. And you'll also be focusing primarily on the informational keywords. The keywords are, are people asking questions and looking for your expert advice. Um, so you should have this list in an Excel sheet of 30, 20, 40, 50. It doesn't really matter. You just have an amount of key phrases allows you to get started. That's so all. Let's just, let's just clarify that. Let's just clarify mm -hmm. that. Because one of the common questions now would be, how long should my list be? Yep. Um, as long as it needs to be for you to start working on it. So if you have 20, 20 to 30 key phrases, that's great. Um, even if you were doing one piece of content a day, that's going to last you about a month, which is a solid amount of time. Um, we're going to talk about content production as we move through the week. But just having that amount of um, that amount of uh, what would you call it? Not ammunition, but kind of inspiration. This is topic areas that you can be talking about. It will get you started up. Yeah, because ultimately, look, it's very possible, as you can see, and, and as as we've demonstrated using a tool like Uber Suggest, we we pull like two hundred thirty keyword key phrases off the bat just by typing a key, one one key phrase in, which was lower back pain or uh, back pain yoga. We could generate thousands of words, and it will take us a while. It could take us quite a while, actually, but that doesn't serve the purpose of building the audience. Remember, the highest impact task is creating content off the back of the research that you've done. You're already head and shoulders above everybody. You've got a list of 20, 30 keywords. That is six months worth of content easily if you're working to a specific content plan or structure. That's also a month's worth of content if you're doing it every single day. And this will all make sense as we go later into the week, depending on platforms and structures and so on and so forth. So the key here is rather, rather than spend time procrastinating by creating lists of thousands, thousands. Yes, you may be exciting and, and feel like you've uncovered the world's problems, but unless you solve them and speak to their problems, we're not achieving anything. We're not building an audience. And 
what happens after that? We don't make a sale later down the line. So remember, this is a business. So the sooner we can start creating content, the sooner we will start to create sales. That's important here. So we've covered a hell of a lot this week. I've already summarized it. Your end result now should be a list, an Excel spreadsheet, um, a piece of paper with 20 to 30 keywords to get cracking with to start creating content. We've answered the question, what content should I produce? We've taken the guesswork out of it. We've looked at the data available for us on based on what real people are searching at home on their couches and so on and so forth. Now, tomorrow, we're going to be talking about messaging. How do you show up in the world? Do you work with a corporate brand profile? Do you have a personal brand profile? We're going to be talking about um, your story, how you can now differentiate yourself from the competition within your niche market and essentially answering the core question, what is my message? How do I show up in the world on a consistent, regular basis? So that's what we'll be talking about tomorrow and throughout the week. So thanks for joining us today on the BBO show. Don't forget the handful of things to do at the back of every BBO show, in the middle of every BBO show, and the start of every show is one. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss another show. Uh, click the little notification bell icon so you get alerted when we go live. So you can check back in, you either watch it live or you can watch it pre-recorded. Number two is we've got a Slack group, which is completely free, where you can come and ask me, Carl, me and Carl questions, or Carl and I, I never know how to phrase it, questions on exactly what we're talking about. I've got a specific question about what you spoke about on Tuesday or Wednesday or on episode 31 or episode 30, and we can help get you clarity on that and get you moving forward with building your business online. Thirdly, we've got an ebook available for you to download from Amazon and for your Kindle. It's less than a pound. There's 200 different ways to generate income online from that ebook. So that's three things. I'll leave it for that for now.